Florida Gators football spring practice is back. We've got the hottest camp battles here. Who will be the next head coach of the Florida Gators men's basketball team? And why I think the Florida Gators can beat Iona tonight in the first round of the NIT. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon, my written work with whole9sports.com. And again, ask that you like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the show. Leave a review. Let me know what you think of the show. Or just straight up, you know, find me on Twitter. I don't care. Just let me know how I can make the show better. Don't forget that the links are in the description below for the Run Your Pool Locked On Gators uh, competition. Pool, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're going to have fun with. But Florida Gators football is back. And the spring game is April 16th. Uh, practices started yesterday afternoon. We are one month away now. One month away, exactly from this spring game 1 p.m. and there's still a lot to figure out for the Florida Gators football team primarily that quarterback battle that we've spent so much time this offseason talking about where now it's finally going to come to fruition a little bit of course the the main um challengers or contenders Anthony Richardson Emery Jones Jack Miller the third that's in no particular order um because I mean really I, I I'll say this I don't think that's the order. I think the order is Anthony Richardson, Jack Miller the third, and then not Emory Jones, because the general consensus of the quarterback battle there is that Anthony Richardson will win. That that's most people have agreed upon that already. Of course, it's yet to be seen because we know with Billy Napier, everything will be a pretty open competition. And you know, as a listener, as a fan, whatever it might be, you can say it's Anthony Richardson. It'd be stupid if it wasn't Anthony Richardson. That's a fine opinion to have. But here's the thing though. It will be an open quarterback battle. No matter what you think or whether it should be or shouldn't be, it will be an open quarterback battle because that is how Billy Napier gets things done. Things are not going to be handed to anybody based off of what they did in a different system last season. So Anthony Richardson, I believe, will be the starting quarterback. Most people believe will be the starting quarterback. And that that's a totally fair assumption to have. Jack Miller the third to me, will be quarterback too. I, th- I think that... He's going to be the guy because I think if Emory Jones does not win the starting quarterback battle, then he will be transferring once he graduates at spring. And I don't care at that point to get into the argument of who would win, Jack Miller III or Emory Jones, because they're two vastly different quarterbacks with vastly different styles. Emory Jones, much more mobile. Jack Miller III, much more of a, I don't even want to say pocket passing, but but an accurate kind of guy, uh, kind of Alex Smith-ish. You know, he, he, can, he can get moving, but he's going to be more accurate than anything else. He's not going to be a great threat as a deep ball thrower, but he, he can make some things happen. So I'm not going to get into that debate because Emory Jones likely won't win the starting quarterback battle. And if Emory Jones doesn't win the starting quarterback battle, I think he's gone once he graduates and gets his degree this this spring. But then that leaves the question of who's quarterback three? Because we know that from last season, Anthony Richardson has struggled with durability. That's been a legitimate concern that people have about him. So you got to look at quarterback two, which will likely be Jack Miller the third. And then it's who will be quarterback three in case something happens to Jack Miller or in case he just doesn't work out. At that point, I think we look at Carlos Ariel Wilson. Um, 
He, he's still very young. He's got a big arm. He's mobile enough to get things done. So I, I, I think that it'll go Anthony Richardson, Jack Miller the third, and then Carlos Real Wilson as QBs one, two, and three. But of course, we will see how things shake out through camp, how Anthony Richardson's knee is doing, who will be QB one for the Florida Gators at the end of spring camp. Next is the running back battle. So we're going to stay in the backfield. This is another big battle for the Florida Gators because like I've discussed so many times under Billy Napier, this team's going to run the ball a lot. It's going to go very wide zone heavy. They're going to do that quite a bit. They're going to go a lot of 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers, five offensive linemen, and a quarterback, of course. So we're going to see a lot of running the ball here. So running back battle, it's not necessarily a battle of, you know, like quarterback, like who's going to be the starter, who's going to be the second string, because we're going to see a lot of rotation here. That's something that I think we're very openly going to see. You know, Louisiana under Billy Napier has had multiple thousand yard rushers in a season. They've had multiple just thousand yard rushers in general. They rotate the ball a lot. They rotate the backfield a lot. So I think we're going to look at Montreal Johnson's a big guy here. Trevor Etienne is someone to at least take a look at, but, you know, obviously this is just the battle in general. Uh, Demarcus Bowman, Lorenzo Lingard, and Naquan right here. I think it will likely end up being Montreal Johnson. He's going to win the spring battle because, again, not everybody here is going to be able to be in the spring battle, but Montreal Johnson, I believe, will win the spring battle. He's got great speed. He's got great speed. We know that. He's got experience in this wide zone offense because, of course, yes, he's a transfer but guess what? He just transferred following where our head coach came from, Louisiana. He was with Billy Napier last season in the same offense. The vision to work in this offense and to make big plays happen. I believe it was Arkansas State last season. Montreal Johnson had a 99-yard rushing touchdown, and I've mentioned it multiple times here, where it didn't even seem like he was moving that fast, but he was outrunning everybody, and I think that is an insane thing to see, where it's like, he doesn't even look like he's going that fast, but he's outrunning everybody by a pretty good margin. And it's like, well, okay, even if he don't look like he's moving that fast, he is moving, moving. And that was Montreal Johnson last year. That's where he can be here in Gainesville. Probably won't have a 99-yard rushing touchdown because just the odds that you start on the one and get to break off a big play, it's a very small chance. But Montreal Johnson, I think, will be the lead back following spring camp. I think he'll be the lead back going into, the, going into fall and going into the regular season. I think after him... Um, we're looking at Demarcus Bowman. I think Demarcus Bowman is the next man up. Naquan Wright is obviously going to be in the mix, as will Lorenzo Lindgard. But I've said before, I think we see Naquan Wright work a little more in the slot this year than we saw him work last year or previously. I think that Naquan Wright will have a role in this offense. He will be a slot gadget guy at times. He'll come in jet sweeps, take the handoff. He'll come looping on an end around and take the handoff. He'll work into the backfield and take handoffs, go out for pass, go out for catches. He'll he'll he's gonna have a lot of roles in this offense. I think he's gonna be a little bit of that Swiss Army knife. And I don't want to say he's gonna be a. I, I don't want to say he's gonna be Debo Samuel. I'm not gonna say that, but I will say that he's someone who can be a gadget player. Maybe. Maybe even not a Tavon Austin, who's a stud at it, but he could be a, a, a Randall Cobb type when he first got into the NFL and he was just doing a whole bunch to get the ball in his hands. We could see that happen with Naquan Wright. So I think it'll be Montreal Johnson as a starter or as the primary back, but then Naquan Wright, Lorenzo Lingard, Demarcus Bowman. And by the time fall camp or by the time fall ball happens, Trevor Etienne will be working his way there as well. The other battle that we're going to talk about today is Edge 2, which is a position that I've spoken about a lot because edges have a big role in this in this defense under Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer because we're going to see creepers and sim pressure and those things we've discussed so many times 
But edge too, as an edge, you've got to be able to drop back in coverage. You know, Brenton Cox Jr., he is the obvious edge one right now. He's he's not going to be dropping back in coverage as much. He's going to be dropping back in coverage more than we saw last year, but less than we will see edge two drop back in coverage this year. Um, you look at edge two, and I think you got to look at Prince Liam and Meelin. I think you've got to look at Chief Borders and Lloyd Summerall as the big three guys. There's Dante Zanders is around there as well. It's a lot of players that are going to be in that little battle, but Prince Liam and Meelin, I think, will be the main guy with Chief Borders rotating in quite a bit with either Prince Lee or Brenton Cox Jr. kind of pushing inside to work that kind of three-tech kind of spot where, yeah, they're going to be a little undersized, but they can still get that interior rush going and kind of rev things up where Chief Borders has experience playing off-ball linebacker and edge rusher, and he can kind of drop back a bit more. So I think that Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer will want to get Chief Borders involved in this defense as an edge rusher a lot because he's going to be able to drop back and work that creepers and work that sim pressure and work all these cool things where I think that he gives you something that most people don't. But I think Princely will be a more consistent pass rusher. So Princely will be the main guy, I think, coming out of camp with Chief Borders being edge three slash or two, two B, I guess. I don't know. I think he's going to play a lot, but I don't think he's going to be the primary edge two. I think that will be Brenton Cox Jr. as edge one and Princely Uman Mealing as edge two. We're going to shift gears and talk about basketball and who's going to be the next head coach of the Florida Gators or who might be the next head coach of the Florida Gators. But first, we're going to talk about a different kind of basketball here. Does anybody else participate in March Madness brackets every year and suck every year? I could say it's a different kind of basketball because Florida's not in March Madness this year. They did not make the NCAA tournament. So, woohoo! Uh, Stat Hero is how I'm going to participate in it. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickums pits star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their winners and their gamers winning four times more often. Why is that? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on, L O C K E D, no space O N, for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions do apply. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit, St. Patty's Day is coming up. A lot of people are going to be um, not in great shape. So use Bill Bar to make you feel like you're in great shape, or at least minimize the damage that some people are going to be doing. Um, Bill Bar is just the perfect snack or even meal supplement if people want to use it because it's great for people like me who have a sweet tooth. It's already coated in 100% chocolate, but only 130 calories, just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein per bar. Throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's in the desk drawer, the Kit Kat in the cupboard, the whatever else you eat. I don't know. I'm not you. And get Built Bar. So you don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel guilty. And you still get great taste all the time. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or Built Bar. Dot com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Now we're going to take a look at some Florida Gators possible men's basketball candidates. Again, we're at the point right now where that's not even a thing that's really being publicly discussed or even privately discussed that much with Florida Gators, but it's something we're going to look at as candidates or possibilities. And 
today we're starting off with someone who um adjacent to the uh <laughs> to the player to the coaches that uh that we covered yesterday i guess yesterday i spoke about scott drew from baylor and today i will talk about his associate head coach jerome tang jerome tang has been, jerome tang has been with scott drew at baylor since coach drew got the job in 2003 and jerome tang could be the next best thing if scott drew decides he doesn't want to leave baylor because that's a big thing that we're going to talk about quite a bit with these mid-major coaches or just not even mid-major coaches just other program coaches is will they want to leave the program they've built up because next we're going to talk about mark few and mark few is a mid-major program but it's like does he want to leave gonzaga so with scott drew if scott drew decides hey i, I like what i built here i want to stay in waco i want i want to just keep building this baylor program maybe jerome tang decides it's time that i become a head coach so if scott drew doesn't want to leave maybe Jerome Tang will come in. And if Scott Drew doesn't want to come in, I think the next best thing, if you're looking for Baylor, like if Scott Drew is your head coach candidate one, I think Jerome Tang should be head coach candidate two because he's the next guy. He He's worked with Scott Drew for two decades at this point. They operate very similarly. And Jerome Tang has helped build that no middle defense, which is obviously keeping things out of the middle, keeping the opponents to one side of the court if you can do that. Jerome Tang also helped revamp the recruiting style of Baylor to kind of help them improve that. So Jerome Tang has been publicly praised by Scott Drew for his talent and uh, approach as a recruiter. That would be huge for Florida because, again, Jerome Tang was the guy that's like, hey, let's stop focusing on just getting five-star, five-star, five-star. Let's get guys that fit our system and fit our program. And they've just grown exponentially since then. It would yeah, um, it would probably be a rough first season for Florida, given the lack of overall talent and depth on the roster for 2022. You know, a lot of guys are older and leaving and going to the NBA, and I'm sure there are going to be transfer outs, of course, and I'm sure that a lot's going to happen. So there's probably going to be a little bit of a change, but Jerome Tang could be a massive program builder for the Florida Gators, and he knows how to get it done because, like I mentioned yesterday, Scott Drew took over Baylor in 2003 in the midst of a scandal and turned them into national champions. Last year, they won the national championship. Scott Drew was there the whole time and could build this program up just as well. But it'd be a lot easier to build up the Florida program because you don't have sanctions. You don't have scandal going on. You already have these Florida recruits. You've got so much that you can do. And a program that's already prestigious where Jerome Tank, look, I, I don't want to be just like a Florida homer and talking about, oh, with Gators are so great. The Gators are so this. But I will say that one of the things when Billy Napier got hired for the Florida Gators was, I want to be at the perfect situation. And for Jerome Tang, you're going from an assistant to a head coach at an SEC program with SEC resources and Florida athletes and, and just so much going on where I think this is that for Jerome Tang. And I don't think that's I don't think Florida's that for everybody. But I think for Jerome Tang, Florida could be that perfect first head coaching job that he would get. I mentioned yesterday also that Baylor is the best mix of offense and defense, according to ESPN's Chris Spatola. So why not bring in the guy that helped build that program? He didn't have too much to do on the offensive side of the ball for Baylor, but he did have a lot to do with that defense and that recruiting. So bring in the guy that helped become a program builder for Baylor and Jerome Tang. And then we're going to talk about Mark 
few from Gonzaga. Ooh, but first, like yesterday with Archie Miller, I brought in Jacob Rood from Locked On Hoosiers. Today, I brought in Andy Patton from Locked On Zags to give us a little rundown on Mark Few. Andy Patton here with the Locked On Zags podcast. It's that time of the year in March, not just March Madness, but it's that time when teams start thinking about trying to hire Mark Few away from Gonzaga. He's been there since the early 90s, head coach since the ninth, since the 2000 season, excuse me. And quite frankly, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Mark Few got offers from Indiana. He got offers from Oregon. He got tons of other offers that have not been reported early in his tenure in Spokane. And now this program has built itself into a legitimate powerhouse. The budget is not an issue in Spokane. The pay is not an issue in Spokane. They have started recruiting number one caliber recruits. Chet Holmgren, the number one recruit in the country. The domestic recruiting is on point. The international recruiting has been good for decades. Mark Few, avid fly fisherman. I know it sounds like a joke, but his affinity for fly fishing in the area of Spokane is part of the reason he has been here for two decades. Florida is a great program, but I don't see any possible way that Mark Few is leaving this job for any single Division I job in the country, and I don't think he's going out to Florida for this job. All right, thanks, Andy, and I'll debunk this immediately. There are plenty of places to go fly fishing in Florida, so we win there. But realistically, yes, Mark Few has been at Gonzaga for a long time. Yes, I'm sure he's got legitimate ties to the university and the city that would keep him from wanting to leave. And yes, he got job offers earlier in his tenure that he turned down, and he's always gotten job offers that he's turned down. But I don't know how you could see your phone ring and see that Gainesville pop up and go, nah. I I don't know how you could see it and not be at least intrigued because you look at Florida, the resources available, check the in-state talent available, check the alumni check. It's so much easier for him. And look, Andy, you said it yourself. Mark few has done a great job bringing in top flight talent to Spokane, which I always thought was pronounced Spokane, but guess what? You could do that in Gainesville and you could do that even easier because you've got top athletes that are more willing to stay in Florida and if if you're not from Gainesville to go to Gainesville and you can go to Florida as opposed to Spokane Washington and that's not even a knock on Spokane Washington that's me saying look these recruits a lot of them staying close ish to home matters if you're a southeast recruit it takes a lot to get you to go to the far 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 northwest as far northwest as you can get without going to alaska so i think that 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 becomes a big discussion here where recruiting would be a lot easier for mark few to get these guys into gainesville and imagine because yes he's he's brought in he's brought in elite recruits there is no doubt about that but it's a lot easier to bring them into florida from florida than it is to bring them from anywhere to Spokane, Washington. And I'm not saying that it'll happen. I'm, like, I'm not saying Mark Few is the guy. I don't think Mark Few is the guy. I'm only talking about him because he's a name that I've seen floated around a lot by Gators fans. I don't think Mark Few will be the guy for the Florida Gators. I, I don't think that's really something I have to say. And I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. And I'm not saying Andy is wrong with any of his justification. With his justification. All I'm saying 
is that I would not rule that out. Just like I would not rule out a win in tonight's NIT game of the first round, which we will get to in a second. But first, quick word from Rock Auto. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning of is your Odyssey an LX or an EX or is your car GLE, MLE? I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. That's not my kind of way. But I can go with Rock Auto. People tell me what to do and Rock Auto is thankfully so easy to navigate. Where I, can, I can easily just type in exactly what I need and I don't feel like I'm about to get my beep whooped by the person behind the counter. I could just use Rock Auto. I save time and I save money because also I hate leaving the house sometimes, man. Go explore their easy to, easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know exactly who sent you with amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. To wrap up today's show, we are going to talk about tonight's game between the Florida Gators and Iona in the first round of the NIT, which is at 9 Eastern tonight. So it's a late one for a lot of us East East Coast folk, but a worth it to catch the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators, who went 19-13 and this season, accepted a bid to the NIT for some reason, and are taking on Iona, who went 25-7 and this season with a regular season conference title while being coached by Rick Pitino, who is now one, or I don't want to say now, but who is one of the coaches that, uh, that some fans want to bring to Gainesville as the new head coach of the Florida Gators which we will talk about. Let me tell you, I got a list of coaching candidates that we're going to talk about on this show. So, I mean, honestly, hopefully it's a little bit longer than the football coaching hire was because uh, I had so much work that I put into it and then they just hired the first dude. And I was like, I love him, but damn, I got a lot of content. Al Pinkins will be the coach for the Florida Gators, of course, because Mike White is gone to Georgia to be their new head coach. And, I think that, you know, I just mentioned, I, you know, Florida accepted an invitation to the NIT for some reason. I think if Florida had fired Mike White, it would be thought of differently. Like, I don't think they would have accepted the bid because, but because he left, they did accept it, which I have no problem with. I know that I was kind of snarky about it, but it's more Florida Gators basketball. So I'm going to want to watch it. The Gators are in the NIT for the 11th time in program history and their first time since 2016 Colin Castleton is possibly playing his last game as a Florida Gator. Um, If it's not his last game, it's almost definitely his last games as a Florida Gator because it's pretty much whether they lose tonight or whether they win the whole dang thing, um, the NIT will be the last time that Colin Castleton plays for the Florida Gators, which breaks my freaking heart. Um, but it is what it is. He's currently got 116 career blocks as a Gator. That's not including his time in Michigan. That's as a Gator. He's done that in 50 games. Every player above him has done it in, I think the number is, I think in a, a minimum of 100 games. So he's the only one that's done it as quick as he's done it. There are five more blocks that he needs where he can get throughout this tournament, whether that's one game or the whole thing. Five more blocks he would need in this tournament that would put him above Udonis Haslam and give him the ninth all-time in Florida history in ranking of blocks 
And if he got five blocks, he would be tied for seventh most for by any individual Florida Gator in a season. So he, he's got a bit riding on it. You know, one we've seen him get more than five blocks in one game before. So that's not even a big thing. But we've seen him get six before, and that could put him even further. So if he has a few strong performances, if the Florida Gators make it two or three games, we could be talking about Colin Kesslin really sliding himself up that block list. And again, it's so impressive that he's done it in 50 games at this point. And, and that's just, I mean, honestly, you see how I'm struggling to speak? It is that mind-blowing that Colin Kesslin has been so efficient and so effective as a shot blocker that he's doing this in two seasons. Iona does a great job of taking open shots for the floor, or well, for their offense and not forcing anything and keeping their offensive and keeping their offense relatively up tempo. Um, so that might kind of keep things away from Colin Castlin, where Iona, not that they're hesitant to do things, but they they're not going to just force shots up just for the sake of forcing shots up. I do think Florida is going to try to pick things up offensively during the NIT because with Mike White gone and Al Pinkins taken over, uh, Florida under Mike White had the 292nd fastest offense, which is bottom 50 in college basketball. So using Ken Palm's adjusted tempo rating. So I think we see them pick things up. I think one of the areas where Florida can really take advantage of Iona tonight is that Iona doesn't do a great job of taking care of the ball, which I know is so ironic considering hello, Florida is awful at taking care of the ball, but Iona does struggle as well. And Florida is a better defensive team than Iona. So I think that they'll be able to take advantage better of, of Iona's mm, uh, reckless offense. I'll say passing the ball or taking care of the ball. I think you obviously also have to, when you look at this game, take into account the strength of schedule, which if there's any sport that doesn't matter in, it's college basketball because anybody can beat anybody at, at any night. But Iona really did not play a did not play a tough schedule at all this year. Um, and look, I mean, the one time they played a great team, it was Kansas, and Kansas beat the brakes off of them. And I'm not saying Florida's Kansas, but I'm saying Florida's better than most of the teams in the MAAC. So I will give Florida credit for that. I am very interested to see what the roles of Niles Lane and Kawasi Reeves will be in this one because they carried the Florida Gators in the SEC tournament against Texas A&M. It was a loss, but they carried the team. Um, so I'm curious to see. And also they're two of the few Gators that will be back in the next season. So I'd love to see just more from them because we got we got all offseason to talk about them too. But I was, I was thinking for the best lineup for this game. I'd love to see the lineup of Tyree Appleby, Kawasi Reeves. So bear with me here. Tyree Appleby, Kawasi Reeves, Flan Fleming, Niles Lane, and Colin Castleton, or replace Flan Fleming with Anthony DeRuji and move Niles Lane more to the three spot. Um, I, I think that gives the Gators scores on all levels, defenders, and better rebounding, and someone who, if Tyree Appleby is on, is one of the better playmakers. Uh, I, I, I think he's one of the better playmakers around if he's on, but that's just so inconsistent. Um, so I, I think that gives you everything you really need from a lineup. Of course, you got to worry about depth and all that stuff. But I think if you have those five on the court, uh, I think that that's a lethal lineup if they're on. 
And by they, I mean Tyree Appleby is the least consistent one there. And I don't even need that group starting. I just want to see them all playing together at some point. With Iona being with Iona being a solid paint team defensively, I'm interested to see how they'll defend Colin Castleton, if that will open up space for shooters, and if the Gators will actually be able to capitalize on those opportunities by, I don't know, making pointers. I'm not sure how far Florida makes it in the NIT, but I do think that they win tonight. And I'm taking the over because I'm pretty sure Vegas is going based off of point totals and tempo and all that stuff. But I think that Florida will go up tempo, at least in the NIT. I'm banking on that pretty much. Uh, So I'm taking Florida. I don't know. I think the spread was minus four and a half, but I don't bet until closer to game time. So I don't know what it'll be at that time. Don't know what the over is at that time because it hasn't been released yet at the time of recording. But I'm taking the over. Don't care what it is. And I'm taking Florida to cover the spread. Don't care what it is. And that is how I'm going to spend my Wednesday night, just so you know. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free review listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.